Hi, you're listening to Make It Work, the podcast for extraordinary entrepreneurs to learn from the best about how to make their startup a success. I'm not a podcaster. <laughs> Are you not? No, no. <laughs> I'm Fern Lullum. And after interviewing Kevin Brocklebank of One Red Kite, he made me an intriguing offer. He wanted to turn the tables and interview me. I know. You have someone on your show one time and before you know it, they are calling the shots. However, when your podcast is called Make It Work, it's tricky to make excuses. So today you will get an insight into diversity. Being a blind young woman, I spoke to Kevin about what people assume about disability, how to describe a product to somebody who can't see it, and why empathy may be the single most important trait of any business owner in 2020. But first, Kevin wanted to hear about what you do when you're blind and you find yourself stranded in an airport. I mean, he asked in a far more diplomatic way, but I could tell that's what he was getting at. Last time I was here, we talked all about what I do within airports and it's all about airport retail. You shared some stories which were quite shocking in terms of what's happened to you as somebody who is visually impaired. Tell us some of those stories that you've had. Travelling as a visually impaired person, obviously, it can be a very stressful and quite a daunting time. I... I'm not really in control of the situation, particularly in an airport, because where most people can just glance up at the board and see if there's been a delay or see what's going on and know what to do, I can't do that. Luckily, nowadays, there is a special assistance desk where you can go if you are disabled and you need some extra help travelling. The stories, some of the stories that I was telling you were around the unfortunate and scary incidents that have happened during that journey. So the first one was when I was studying in America and it was Christmas And there had been a lot of delays in flights going home for Christmas because there'd been a lot of snow in North Carolina where I was. It was just packed with people. And they had left me at the boarding gate where I was supposed to queue up and then obviously hand over my boarding pass and all of my documentation to get on the plane. And I knew that there was a flight that was going to England There was a stopover in Philadelphia. And I heard somebody saying something about Philadelphia. That wasn't my flight, though. No. (laughs) So I was in a bit of a panic. I started to realise this seems like they've seen that I'm going to the UK and they've just gone, oh, well, there must be that one then. And they've taken me to the wrong place. And now I'm a visually impaired person in an airport jam-packed with people at Christmas time. I hadn't seen my family for about six months since the summer when I went home last. I really wanted to get back and just enjoy Christmas. So this was the last thing I needed. All I can remember doing, all I could really do at that moment was talk to the people around me and say, is this the flight to Philadelphia? And they confirmed that it was, and in so doing, confirmed all of my worst suspicions were true. 
So then I think, well, what am I going to do? The special assistance person who brought me here has now left. You know, it's not like I can just glance over and go, oh, there's a member of staff. I'll go and ask them. I am just surrounded by people. I don't know if they work there. I don't know if they're just flying. I, I, I don't know. So I'm just completely lost. I think I started asking people around me, is there a staff member? Do you know where the staff member is? All of the staff members that were manning the queues couldn't really move because there were so many people that they had to attend to and it was their role that was what they were doing so I just had to ask every single staff member that I could find one way or another just by asking everyone and hoping that some of them worked there eventually as I went along and I kept doing that and everywhere I went I would just ask more and more people by process of elimination finally I heard somebody saying that they were on their way to London and it happened to be a BBC reporter which was strange because I was studying radio communication at the time at university so I started talking to him and I said are you on your way to London he said yes this is the flight to London never in my life have I been more relieved than that moment goodness be in the right queue on my way home to spend Christmas with my family. And the other one was when I was in Germany, again, got dropped off at the gate by the assistance person. I was told that they were going to come and get me when it was time for me to board the plane. You know what it's like when you're at an airport, you keep checking your watch. Oh, is it time? Is it time? You know, you're sitting there for about an hour. People started queuing up around me and it was the time where the plane was boarding. So I became very aware of this. And of course, I thought, they've forgotten me. And I don't know what to do. Again, I was just in a situation where I really couldn't do anything because I didn't know where I was supposed to go. I couldn't see the desk where the desk was. I couldn't see where people were queuing up. The only thing that I can choose to do in that situation really is speak up for myself because I would rather get told, well, just wait a minute, hold your horses, stop making a big deal out of nothing, than sit there and miss my flight home and just be stranded in another country. That sounds really stressful. But also the second one really where, you know, it's a different language as well. That becomes a real problem for you. Yeah. When you book a ticket, do they mark on it that you're visually impaired? Before I go to the airport, I always make sure that I let them know that I will need special assistance. Now, I think in some airports you can just turn up at the assistance desk, but I think probably most airports would advise, and certainly for myself as a disabled person, I feel much more confident when I have booked in advance so they know I'm coming. I tell them I'm ready blind so they know that's the need that I have and there's no kind of oh we haven't got anything in place for you so what are we going to do now you know I'm one of those people that likes for it to all be planned and organized so I know what's going to happen when I get there. One of the things that we talk about to our clients is that actually stress can play a major impact on whether people shop or spend money in the airport Now, it sounds like you don't even have the opportunity to go into a store. I know that you love makeup and perfumes and I'm pretty sure you like chocolate. How did you guess? Exactly. So so there's a whole element of the airport experience that's actually taken away from you, really, because of how the airports themselves or the airlines handle your situation. It's very much A to B. 
you go to the special assistance desk, someone will take you, they'll get you through security, they'll take you to the designated point. I then have to wait for somebody else to come and pick me up and they take me to the gate. So during that time, once again, I'm stranded, I'm left on my own. So getting anywhere, getting to shops, getting to food, getting to toilets, any of the above, if I don't know that they're there or how to get to them, I can't use that facility and I can't make the most out of that in an airport, which is a real, real shame. I really wish I could. It sounds like there's a real opportunity for people to contact a shop at the airport to say, actually, I'm interested. Can you supply a personal shopper or a guide that could help you? Do you think that would work? There needs to be some kind of liaison between the special access staff in the airport and the people in shops. The big problem with it is I think it would need to be safeguarded in some way because if you are just sitting there and somebody comes up to you and says, oh, would you like to come in my shop? It's hard to know whether they are legitimate. There would need to be procedures in place for that. But I think if a special assistance person could contact somebody at a shop and then say, here's our person from this shop that is designated to do this and they can show you around and help you because then obviously they have the more specialist knowledge of what's in the store and how they can best serve you as somebody who works at that particular retailer. What we're saying here then is that there needs to be a better connection between the airport and the retailer for people with disabilities. I think so. I think there needs to be a good communication between those two. My experience is that there is very little and it's very much a practical service. So you need help getting through the airport. We will take you from the assistance desk to where you need to be. And none of the in-between part, which is, you know, the shopping, the having a nice time at the airport, making the most of all of the stuff that most people can, that is not even thought about. As a disabled person, it is almost like people think maybe that's just not something you're interested in anyway. Maybe if you're a blind person, you don't even want to look at makeup. You don't want that stuff because it doesn't interest you. And that's a huge misconception. That's a huge part that as a disabled woman, I am really missing out on at an airport. And it would make the whole experience probably much less stressful and much more enjoyable through just being able to find the shops and go there and spend my money there. I'm curious to know, is the special assistance, is that something that the airport provide or do you have to pay a fee for that? That is something that the airport do provide. You don't have to pay any charges for it. The reason I asked that was because many years ago, Jill and I flew to Italy on holiday and I was absolutely fine. But during the flight, I ended up passing out. Oh, God. And it turned out to be probably norovirus or something like that. And I sort of got off the plane and I felt so ill that I could barely make my way off the plane, let alone anything else. I needed to get to the medical room at the airport. They basically wanted to charge me something like 50 euros. Wow. Just to have a wheelchair to take me to the medical room. And me being me was, I'm never going to be paying that. I don't care how long it takes me, I will walk. I'll crawl there if I have to. Exactly. The airport just let me down massively. It just made me think about actually what sort of experience do people who need wheelchairs, for example, or other disabilities, how are they treated? So by some miracle... 
special assistants go, yeah, here you go. Here's the store. What is it that would make it a great experience for you? It's all around communication and how you're spoken to. It is very easy for people to feel quite awkward and to feel maybe on edge because they are worried that they're going to offend you. They sort of tread on eggshells a bit or they go the opposite way and they're just so trying to help you that it's not very human anymore. Both of those things I completely understand because at their heart they have the best of intentions. But for me, the best experience is when I connect with somebody. When somebody comes up to me in a shop and they say, hey, how's it going? What are you looking for today? And just treats me like any other individual. Treats me like a human being, like they're interested in me, not just, oh God, this person is blind and I must help them. I don't want to feel like, God, I'm just a walking disability. I want to be a person. And so if somebody can treat me that way, of course, I will need some extra assistance in a shop. So part of that would be having somebody show me around, tell me where things are, help to describe products to me. But a big part of that would just be making it feel natural, not making it feel really a big deal and awkward and uncomfortable, but being as casual about it as possible while communicating all the information that I need to know. So describing what do things look like or how I can find the products that I'm looking for. I think that would make a really good experience if somebody was almost like on my team, just doing it with me. And I just go away feeling like, wow, that was a really nice interaction. That was fun, enjoyable. And I got what I wanted from it. Everyone's a winner. What you're saying really is rather than being a shop assistant, they should become like a friend really. Yeah. And have that sort of informal chit chat and conversation. Talking of friendly chit chats, I think this one's going rather well, don't you? Just wanted to pop in here to remind you that you're listening to Make It Work with me, Fern Lullum. Oh, and to warn you, Kevin is about to make a very valid presumption. Here it comes. I presume people would make assumptions that because you're blind, you might not be interested in particular product categories. Mm. Do you think that would be the case? I think there are a lot of assumptions made when it comes to disabilities. Again, I think it comes down to the fact that people are treading on eggshells and they would rather make assumptions than ask awkward questions or what they see as awkward questions. I totally get that. I am very empathetic to how it feels to ask someone a question that you think, oh God, this might offend them or they might take this the wrong way. But 99% of the time, that's not going to happen. And I would rather people just ask me if they're wondering something like, oh, I wonder if she likes makeup or I wonder how much she can see. I wonder if if I just say, oh, it's over to your left, will she then be able to look over and see it? If you're wondering those things, don't be afraid to ask them. I don't think you need to have a disability to understand how frustrating it can be when somebody makes an assumption about you. I do disability awareness training and this is one of the things that we talk about. So if you think about an experience where you go into a shop and somebody doesn't tell you that half the stuff that is there is there because they think, oh, well, you're this kind of person, so you wouldn't want to know that anyway. And then you walked in and you found it. 
well, how would you feel about, you know, you're not going to feel great about that. You're going to think, well, excuse me, you know, is this because I'm an older person and you assume that I wouldn't want that? It's the same thing with a disability. And it is just always better to get it out in the open, to ask in a polite way that's helping both parties to understand each other better and get the most out of that experience. I'm listening to this. It feels familiar, actually, because part of what we do is mystery shopping. And it's amazing how many people do make some assumptions about you and what you're interested in. You'll ask about a product and they'll sell you down to maybe sort of an entry-level product and you might be interested in a mid-level product or even a premium product. You talk about the language as well. I mean, how should somebody go about describing a product to somebody who's visually impaired? It's a difficult one because everyone is at a different level. So let's go right back to the beginning again and not assume anything. First of all, it's about asking them, saying, how much do you want this described to you? And if I'm doing it too much or too little, please just tell me, just let me know and I will do what works best for you. So I think it's about having that open conversation rather than thinking, oh God, I don't know how to describe this. Shall I say that? Because it's really, I don't know. And and having that in your head, just say that to somebody because they're going to be very receptive to that. If you're in a shop and somebody comes up to you and says, would you like this or this? You're not going to get angry about it. You're just going to answer the question and you're going to think, well, they're trying to help me and they're trying to serve me the best way that they can. For me, as somebody who's got very, very limited sight, I think it is about making it so that I can visualise it in my mind. It's very much around the question of what do you need from me is absolutely acceptable from a, a shop assistant. Yeah. I'd rather know that somebody wants to help me as much as they possibly can and that they're doing it with the best of intentions I would never be offended by that personally. And as a shop assistant, I think what you want to do is to find out exactly what this person needs so that you can give them the best service possible. Because if you don't know that, that's not your fault for not knowing how to make them the happiest customer of the day. What I'm hearing is have warm conversations, be the shopper's friend, communicate with the best intentions ask them what they need. All of these things feel like that's how I want to be treated when I've got jet lag after flying back from Hong Kong or Singapore or wherever. There seems to be a lot here that we can just apply to every customer and just not somebody who is visually impaired or has a disability. I am a big believer that disability awareness and learning how to make the world more accessible and more inclusive to people with disabilities is also beneficial to the broader audience, to anyone. I always focus on similarities rather than differences when it comes to disability. On an emotional level, like you touched on there, we're all exactly the same. We all want to be treated with respect, with somebody just being warm towards us, being friendly towards us. And that is the easiest way to understand how to treat someone with a disability is put yourself in their shoes. It's not as hard as you think. I think there is so much fear around getting things wrong when you're communicating with disabled people. And also this very big misconception that we are so wildly different. I've never had a disability. I can't imagine what that must be like. You've gone through these challenges that I could never imagine. And actually, when I 
speak about these things when I do speeches or when I do my disability awareness courses, a big theme is just saying to people, some of the biggest challenges that I have ever been through are the emotional challenges, the same challenges that any of you have been through, regardless of whether you are disabled, whether you can see, whether you can't see. So it's just a case, very often, of putting yourself in that person's place, saying to yourself, if I was walking into a shop and I couldn't see, what would I need? What would I like? How would I like to be communicated with? And if you treat disabled people in that way, you can just treat everyone in that way and everyone will benefit from it. Everyone will enjoy the experience more. The more friendly you can be, the more helpful you can be. Everyone benefits from that. The more you can practice these skills and hone them and get better at them, the more you are going to grow and thrive as a business in general. And not to mention, of course, your reputation as a business is only going to get better and better and better because you're going to be great with diversity. You're going to be great with communication and you're just going to be hitting all the right notes with your potential customers and clients. I personally always feel good when I've helped somebody. The staff that are in store and helping somebody who may be visually impaired, they're going to feel good about making a difference to somebody's day. Again, I think that could be applied to anyone, really. I think when you know that you've given somebody a really powerful and helpful experience, you always feel great. Speaking from my own experience in an airport, it does mean so much because you're in such a high emotional state. Anyone listening to this knows that when you're in that state and somebody helps you, somebody's nice to you. I mean, it's like when you've come home from the office and you've had a really bad day and somebody comes and gives you a hug and you're just like, oh my God, this is just exactly what I needed. It's that feeling from the other side of it as well. I really hope that people listening to this will realise as shop assistants and as people who work in stores at airports, how much that means to somebody with a disability. You are making a huge difference to them. And hopefully when you hear that and you know that, you will realise on an emotional level, you have put that person at ease. They could have been in a really high anxiety state and you've just calmed them right down. You've made them smile. You've made them feel so much better about the whole ordeal that they might be going through. I think it's something that you should feel really good about. And the more you do it and the more confident you feel about it, the better you'll go away feeling at the end of the day. I'm going to pick up on that thing that you said earlier about the similarities. Every customer can feel anxious or worried about travel, even the most experienced of travellers, there's something that, that can be taken away from this that applies to everyone. And I think that's what you're trying to say, really, isn't it? You're trying to normalise disability and rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah, there's lots of things in retail. If you make a shop sign bigger and bolder and more colourful so a visually impaired person can see it easier... Well, that's surely going to attract the attention of just everyone in general because big, bold, colourful signs tend to catch the eye. Things like thinking about where you're placing things so that people aren't going to trip over them. Good if you can't see, good if you're disabled, but also good whoever you are in the airport. It's making it safer. It's making the whole experience just more pleasant and less stressful. And that just makes a difference. There's probably a temptation for companies just to churn out a disability awareness course But having it delivered 
by somebody in that situation must be incredibly powerful. When you've trained people, do you go back to them and get feedback on how they've delivered and what, how they feel about that? The biggest thing about my training course is a lot to do with what we've talked about here. Now, a lot of disability awareness courses will be about the practical side and the law. I do some of that stuff. But the most important thing for me is that emotional experience. So I will tell stories as I have today. I get people to shift their mindset from, oh my God, you're so different to me and I can't imagine what a world would be like if I don't have any sight to actually, I could wake up tomorrow and not be able to see. And would I still emotionally be the same person with the same needs, with the same dreams, with the same goals, with the same hopes? That doesn't change just because you get a disability or even if you've had a disability all your life, you're still an individual, you're still a person. And when I go back to people that I have trained in that way, in that really emotional core of disability, they say that one of the biggest things that it changes is their confidence when they're talking to people with disabilities. The ability to just be able to ask questions and not be scared, connect with people and give the best experience that they possibly can to people with a deep understanding of them, not just on a practical, what do I need to do in terms of, do I need to guide you around and how do I practically need to assist you? But how can I empower you? How can I enable you to get the most out of this experience? This is about making you as my customer or my client feel really good about yourself and your life instead of I'm going to come up to you and I'm going to be really awkward. I'm not going to know what to say. I might just avoid you altogether because I don't know what I'm doing and my own insecurities are holding me back. Or I'm going to make these assumptions that are going to make you feel terrible about yourself. And when people learn that, it makes all the difference and it allows them to work really well with disabled customers. It just allows them to see disability in a completely different way as something that they shouldn't be running away from, but they should actually be running towards. Because when they can communicate well with somebody who needs that extra bit of assistance, they can communicate amazingly with anyone. And it gives them that confidence to step outside of their comfort zone and to realise that once they're outside of that comfort zone, it isn't as scary as they thought. For me, I certainly believe that great retail isn't rational at all. It's very emotional. It's very sensory. I'd just like to get your opinion on one thing that is talked about quite a bit in our industry at the moment, and that's the use of mobiles, an app and ordering and having it delivered to you at the gate or delivered to you somewhere in the airport. Is that something that you would find helpful or do you actually really enjoy the sensory elements, the smells, the touch and that side of things, the sounds of retail? When it's done right, online shopping and shopping through apps can be really, really helpful when you can't see very well. But at the same time, I definitely do enjoy the sensory elements. You know, I love things like scented candles, perfumes, 
I love going clothes shopping and feeling the different textures. That's definitely a big part of how I shop. A lot of times, I can't even tell you how many times I've ordered something online and I've got it and it's just not been what I thought it was going to be. Again, similarities. I think we've all done that whether we can see or we can't see. Sometimes things aren't described very well, so you can't tell. And There's something very nice about going into a shop and like we've been saying all the way through this, having that human in-person experience, having that friend to take you around the shop. I think that's a very unique and very special experience, something that technology could never really compete with. In a nutshell, it's about making sure that if you approach somebody with a disability in the right way, actually that should almost be the benchmark for treating everybody else. There are so many similarities and there is so much to be gained from it, not only through your communication skills and what you'll learn and your confidence, everything surrounding that fear that we feel in talking to somebody that we perceive as different to us. As disabled people, we are capable of shopping and enjoying All of the same products that everybody else can, we just need that extra bit of assistance. I read a survey a few weeks ago that said the total spending power of a family with just one disabled adult is estimated to be, wait for it, £274 billion per year. That's a huge lot of money that you're leaving on the table if you just say, I'm going to exclude this group of people and I'm not going to cater to them because I'm going to assume that they probably won't want my products anyway. I would say that's a cop out. By being diverse, by stepping out of your comfort zone, by exploring different ways of doing things you get a different take on the things that you're so used to doing in the same way over and over again, that when you look at it from a different angle, from a different point of view where maybe somebody does need a bit more assistance, you then might see, actually, that way would work really well for everyone. And you can start implementing that in your business. Hey, presto, all of a sudden you're making all of these new sales that you were never making before because you've made that little change simply through looking at it through a different lens. Diversity is so important. It is just about enabling people and allowing them to enjoy the experience just as much as anyone else. And then they absolutely can. I think we've covered a lot of ground there. Thank you very much for letting me uh, interview you on your podcast. It's a pleasure. I think there's a lot of value that people in my industry can take away. Absolutely. And I hope that you've started to understand some of how just looking at something from a different angle can really benefit you and your business and make you feel so much more confident when you're dealing with people with disabilities and know that it's not something to be afraid of. Thank you very much. Thank you for interviewing me. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. Diversity doesn't have to be difficult. I hope this episode has encouraged you to ensure that you're making everyone feel welcome at your business. And do leave me a comment and let me know if you have any questions. If you'd like to find out more about disability awareness, you can visit fernlullum.com. If travel retail floats your boat, check out what Kevin's got to say at oneredkite.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, take that dream career inside your mind and find a way to make it work.